like three in the morning your time. Yeah, I know it's three in the morning, but 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 I slept all day. Mm. Uh, I slept all day because I read fic all night, but still. Maybe. <laughs> Hmm. Sleep schedules are weird. It's hard to reset them. What are schedules? Yeah, so discombobulated right now. Mm -hmm. There was a Twitter video from Thomas Sanders the other day, um, where he he started with like, "I've, you know, it's him sitting up in bed. I've had four hours of sleep today, and I'm tired." and then another version of him comes in for size. Like, I had 13 hours of sleep and I am also tired. And then <laughs> yes. the third one comes in and says, well, I have had the recommended eight hours of sleep and I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I it's so true. That's very funny. But before you know, we go very nice. far, I want to say happy birthday, Scott. Thank you. It yes, was yesterday, happy but birthday. Thank you very much. I know, Happy but we day. Didn't do this yesterday, so mm-hmm. apparently Santa's been having some trouble at Disneyland. Oh, what? Yeah, during the parade of um, let's see, Saturday's parade, um, one of the floats is Santa on his sleigh, and the float collapsed and <laughs> kicked him out of the sleigh. He was just hanging oh, no. from his harness. Uh, so now he's on a different float for a while while they figure out what's going on with the the sleigh. With the one that threw him out? That's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Santa got kicked off by his own reindeer. <laughs> Coming Something down like the Grand wow, route this crazy. other day. Yeah. That's funny. So I may have scored big yesterday. On. Our, our local gaming store went out of business because... Although they had to pay their rent without any uh, any uh, cuts in it, the building decided to remodel, and so they closed them for a couple of weeks. And when they, the days that they didn't have them closed, they had caution tape up all around, so it looked like you couldn't get in, even though they were open. And you know, it's a little mom and pop business, and it's very small, and they didn't sure. get in enough money to, so they had to close down. And yesterday they posted bad. a picture of their leftover inventory and just said, hey, if anybody wants anything, we're selling it cheap. And they had a whole stack of old D&D books. And one mm. of them is, in a, I think, an original 1985 D&D book by Gary Gagax, who is the Whoa. person that made it. And I got it for five bucks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think Did they confirm it to you that cheaply? Say that again? I haven't Did confirmed. they know they sold it to you that cheaply? Yeah, they, they said it's a used book, so it's only $5. Oh and I haven't, like, looked it up or anything like that. But Yeah, I you should. I know. Oh, hey, when, whenever I take a sip of my tea, uh, I, there's steam. I think my room is a bit cold. Um, <laughs> this was a surprise. I'm a dragon now. Hmm. You're a dragon. It's, Always fun uh, to be a dragon. Well, it's warmer than earlier. It's 13 Celsius. Mm. Not bad. Not bad. That should be fine. I've been reading a crossover series recently where a bunch of people from different TV shows are actually dragons. What? Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. The general idea is that back in the you know King Arthur Merlin type times, um, the dragons were all being hunted down. And so they cast a big spell that caused their next generation to be born looking like humans. 
and then mm-hmm. uh, you could only turn into a dragon saving the life of your soulmate. Um, okay. And then once you've done that, uh, you can turn back and forth at will. And it varies through the series. Some of them can, uh, even if they haven't officially become dragons, can sense each other. Some of them can't. Some of them know about it because there's you know records going back to their great-great-grandfather's time, and uh, some of them have no idea until suddenly they're a dragon. It's interesting. So it's not worth much. Oh, that's too bad. It's in here from fourteen ninety-five to thirty-five ninety-five or ninety-nine. Yeah, that's still relatively solid. Yeah, it's a pretty good return, but I think I may just give it to one of the guys that I'm playing with. Friday was supposed to be D and D night, and we were supposed to play at five thirty. And I was all set to DM, and I got a message, and it said. I've decided to DM instead, and I'm going to start a whole new campaign, so we all need brand new characters at first level. So I am now a first level Furbog bard. Ah, Yay! That's fun. You get to recite poetry. Yeah, or make up little songs or something like that. Well, that's good. I had a choice between a bard and a druid, so I rolled a Keyleth dice and a Scanlan dice and said I'd take the higher. It rolled a five and a six. (laughs) So... I became the bard. Oh, I saw this, the lady that was tweeting about the dragons. The un-Christmas dragons. Yeah, the neighbor asked her to take them down, so she put up more. Of course. That's what you do. She put halos on the dragons. They are now Christmas. (laughs) Angel dragons. It's basically the nativity scene. She needs a baby dragon Jesus. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) That really set people off. I mean, everyone I except the neighbor worse, loves it. I assume. Uh, everyone I mean, except the neighbor loves it, so yes. she wins. <laughs> There's pretty much no nativity scenes, at least that I've seen around here, that have Middle Eastern people in them. So, you know, it's not like they're accurate to begin with. That's true. That's very true. Very true. Also, I just realized that there are more menorahs here. They shouldn't be there yet. No, they shouldn't. Yeah, but who wants to keep it up and add it three months later? It's just too much work. Eh. Yeah. Or however long it is. All right. Well, we are doing a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Oh, speaking of Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Yesterday was the Yule Ball in Boston. Oh, yes. And it was the Whomping Willow's last performance. It was very, very sad. And Julia went. Julia's Mm. been going to concerts, especially Whomping Willow concerts for the last... 11 years. She's been going since 2007. Oh my goodness. And so it was quite the end. And she posted a whole bunch of videos of Matt and others singing and stuff. The problem is, and and I love, this is why I love the house ones so much more than the ones where they're in big venues. You can't hear him sing. The music's too loud and the vocals are always too low. Well, that's the Oh, I know that. Concerts all over the place. Any kind of concert I'm finding mm-hmm. over the last few years, I'm like, I don't care about the background music as much as I care about the singing. Guys, can we tone it down? Yeah, it's just awful. So when Only you go to a drums, house, when you go to the house concert, then they just have a single guitar, and so you can uh, hear. Really so those are the ones I really miss. But there we go. Yeah. So we're we're starting off sad with the end They're of both an era. Sad. With the, the second one is even sadder. 
And then we're going into sad Christmas fix because yeah. poor Harry. Bittersweet thing this this time. And we should probably officially say, welcome to Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> I'm Scott. Yes, we yeah. <laughs> welcome to season nine of Potterfic Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to start quickly and try to stay on topic. Well, it's because they won't let me have an explosive repair with Snake, and it pisses me off. Sex and snorkags. We can't rock it like we used to. <laughs> Most of us are going to bring a hit. I swear, yeah. I read them for the stories. <laughs> Wait, so they've turned Snape into the chef from The Little Mermaid? You just can't say that to the Dark Lord. <laughs> but I digress. Us digress? Never. <laughs> no, never, never. Chickens with Sue Hour. <laughs> My mom went to Hawaii and all she brought me was a stupid chicken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it just... Yeah, it's called... <laughs> Good night, guys. I'm already fall asleep. I think I did at one point. Mr. Potter, what are you doing at the Wizengamot? Yeah. Holy shit, did I fall asleep through the whole fucking thing almost? Apparently. That is going in an intro too, please. Where the hosts are all our friends. Somehow the tangents seem to blend. Come on a journey round the bend Part of it weekly Where the story never ends Welcome to Potterfic Weekly and our Christmas episode. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Mooney. I'm Edu. And our first fic is called Harry's First Christmas. And it is what? written... Right. Oh, what? Crap, I read the wrong one. Well, maybe yeah, I'm that's wrong. the wrong one. All right, never mind. The first one is <laughs> oh, the first one's one jumpers and Molly Weasley. Molly okay, Jumpers. Okay. Yes, that's oh, it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I clicked. On, I have them both open, and I clicked on the wrong one. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so the unworn jumpers of Molly Weasley by Like the Night. Is that true? Yes. Mm-hmm. Which the title in and of itself is very sad. I know. That's like, I immediately oh. was just in the mood, like thinking, what about the sweaters that aren't worn? But like, by the end of the fic, it makes sense. And it's even better, but sadder, but better, but still sad. Yeah. It oh, also exists in an audio form, uh, because nice. this has oh, been pod- podficked by uh, uh. a person named Caravan. So you can go to the bottom of the story and link, there's a link there to the audio version that you can then download or listen to. Uh, all of these are hosted on Archive of Our Own, and we will obviously have links for you in the show notes. Yes. There is also one on fanfiction.net that is mentioned in the author notes that was sort of an inspiration for this story. I just clicked over while we were starting the podcast and looked through it and it's, you know, a little five paragraph thing about uh, Snape having a soft spot for Molly because uh, one, she has a a wicked sense of humor that she never shows when there's anyone under 18 around. (laughs) And um, that I can imagine. But, you know, he's just, he kind of missed having a mother in the same way that she is. And the one little thing that it, uh, this, other author has come up with is that 
every time he comes over for an order meeting, she hands him a mug of hot chocolate that's charmed to look like a glass of fire whiskey <laughs> and never <laughs> says anything about it. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of neat, much. too. But, but technically, that off. is not what we're covering. No. <laughs> Which is a shame, because I'm reading it now, and it's good. It's very cute. Cool. So we have Molly. It's link as well, or if you are looking at Unworn Jumpers on Archive Our Own, the link is in the author note as well. Uh, Molly is a demon knitter. Whenever she has a minute for herself, out comes the knitting needles. And I love that it says that she, all the patterns are in her head, and instinct tells her when to knit and when to purl and where to put colors. And she never does it by magic, because it's just settling her mind to have something to do with her hands. Contrary to the movies then. Yes. Yes. Six sons, a daughter, and a husband all out getting into trouble. Her mind needs a lot of settling. (laughs) Ain't that the truth. Mm -hmm. Ain't that the truth. Yes. And a sweater always goes to the people she worries about. And it starts out with that being her six sons and daughter and husband, Mm -hmm. but the list keeps getting longer. Yes. Because first there's Harry, the little orphaned boy with the awful relatives. Mm -hmm. So he gets a sweater. And then Hermione, who has lovely parents, but they work too hard or she works too hard. And Molly doesn't want Hermione's muggle background to mean that she misses out on all the fun that could be part of the wizarding family. Mm -hmm. And then the order started up again. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought about her doing something like that. It just never occurred to me. What, that she would knit for Hermione? No, for the order. For the mm. order. Oh, I, I see that. Somebody that she's worrying about, I can see that. Yeah. Not everyone had a jumper mm-hmm. the first year. No. No. First of all, it's serious. He because... needs it. Yeah. yeah. And then... He spent too long with nobody worrying about him. Aww. He was in prison. Imagine, like, the cold and dreary cell and the difference of having, like, a warm wheezy jumper on him. Yeah. yeah. And then like, Remus Lupin gets one because he just needs warm clothes at one. all. Remus also really needs one. Yeah. yeah. And I love that she just continues slipping them in. She gives him extra ones. She starts giving yes, him all Remus gets more clothes. than just one for Christmas. He just, every now and then, there'll be an extra jumper in his closet. He's <laughs> <laughs> And then it starts getting longer. So then young Tox gets one in as many colors as Molly could find in her ever-spanning sack of wool. Aww. She uses up all the little bits of extra balls that she's had before. And Which you really <laughs> need to do. That. They will stack up. And she's hoping if she puts a whole bunch of colors in, at least one or two of them will not clash with whatever Tonks' hair is doing at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Tonks won't care. No, Tonks would yeah. not care. Moody, however, gets a scarf. (laughs) He is not a jumper person. I can imagine not. And she puts a pocket in each end so he can keep things in them. Which which I never thought of doing with a scarf. Oh, it's excellent. You should try it and you can have your hands in the scarf pockets. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, no. No, I trip enough as it is. If I did that, I would... Oh, no, 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 no. I mean, the scarf isn't hanging to the ground. It's hanging around your neck once or twice, and then it's the perfect height for your hands. And if you fall, it'll work as mittens. Um, if you fall when you put your hands out, you just strangle yourself. Great. 
You you don't strangle yourself. Your arms don't become magically longer when well, you yes, fall. Yes, but if I've got my hands in my bloody pockets, my hands are not going to come out fast enough to break my fall. You no, don't, don't have to come the, out because the scarf the is loose. The scarf. Oh, so, movable pockets. Oh, yeah, I suppose that works. <laughs> it's excellent. She thinks about doing a scarf for Kingsley, but she ends up getting a jumper in a nice jewel colors that oh. fit his, his personality and complement his burnished ebony skin. Yep, which I can see. And she thinks about it when she's thinking about Snape because she's not sure, mm-hmm. but she remembers how he used to be in school with his only friend being Lily. And he figures that boy must be there somewhere. And Dumbledore seems to trust him. So that's something. And so she knits him a emerald green one because he wears far too much black. (laughs) With a tiny white lily inside the collar. That's a remembrance for his friend. He won't wear it, she knows. But she hopes that he will understand the message it bears. And I was just like, <laughs> that's so nice. She doesn't yeah. know the half of it. It must hurt. Oh, yeah. Especially because it's the color of her eyes. Mm. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore always gets one, and he always wears it. <laughs> With, With enthusiasm and pride. Yep. So. <laughs> and she always feels a little bit of satisfaction when he points out that he's, you know, Enjoyed wearing it because it gets drafty at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I bet it does. Yeah. He always wears one under under his robes to keep him warm. Yep. That is so cute. And then it says that Molly knows that most of her loving creation will go unworn, at least beyond the first politeness of Christmas morning. Lupin wears his, though. And this is where we find out she's sneaking more into his wardrobe when he's not looking. Jumpers yeah. and cardigans to keep him warm and remind him that he's loved. And she thinks she's got serious in his a couple of times. But she knows most will be folded, neatly or otherwise, and shoved into the back of their wardrobes and kept because they're gifts and handmade ones at that, but never warm, never serving the purpose for which they're made, except for that they've already served their purpose, for they were never just garments to be worn. They're tokens and messages, symbols of Molly's care for her friends and much extended family. They're what keep her going through the years, of through year after worry-filled year, and every single one represents yet another set of demons banished by the never-ending clicking of her needles and the flying of her yarn and her heartfelt wishes of love and protection woven tightly into every stitch. Oh. Yeah. That's like the best one. part. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like it really, really it fits pretty parts. much anywhere in It does. Mm-hmm. You know, past yeah. having met Harry and the order starting up, but it could and it references Dumbledore as if he's still alive, so it's probably before it's, it's that. It's a bit back but, and forth in you know. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it could uh, easily, you know, be after that as well. It sounds like it's up to fifth year. Mostly. Mm-hmm. And this was apparently written yet. a while mm-hmm. before it was posted, and it was posted in December of 2013. So it was posted okay. on Christmas Eve of 2013. Huh. But yeah, that's absolutely my favorite part of the whole fake is describing how many of them would be folded away and mm-hmm. only worn once and then put away, but never 
discarded or anything because my mom knits sweaters now. She's begun doing that. And they're almost never worn, even though they are incredibly, uh, there's so, so much work in them and the wool is expensive and there's so much time and care. But this one brings up the point that they are tokens and messages, like symbolic of, of caring and how all of her wish, wishes of love and protection are woven tightly into every stitch. It's not necessarily literally magic, but it's the kind of real magic that we can feel in our lives. Mm -hmm. I love some of the comments too. Um, one person says, this sums up precisely why I knit. Uh, mm -hmm. And somebody ways further down says, someone named Rose says, Tonks loved her sweater and jumped all over the house, showing it off, yelling, Remus, look at all those colors. She also loved changing her hair to every color in the sweater, and no one could tell me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> and the author says, that definitely works for me. Sometimes she did it to all the colors at once. After that, after she did that for the first time, Harriet Hermione decided it was about time to introduce the residents of Gribble Place to the muggle concept of sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just yeah. imagining her going home to, like, Andromeda, who I see... <laughs> as someone a little bit more prim and proper, you know, she hasn't quite shed that pure blood upbringing. Hoity, hoity, hoity. Yeah, pure blood upbringing. She's just like, oh my god. <laughs> what yeah. are you wearing? Mommy, look at all the colors. It's my Christmas jumper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And we figured this story was a little short to be an entire episode. So... I found another one that's also a Christmas story uh, called Slumbering Giants by Sweet Samba, I think. It is spelled yes. sweet as in the hotel suite, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, on Christmas Eve, visit to Hogwarts with his family. Harry takes little Albus Severus with him to visit the tombs of Albus Dumbledore and Severus Snape. And, and it is canon compliant. Yes. I it's pre-epilogue, but it. follows the you know, what happens in the epilogue. Something about it kind of felt off to me with the canon compliant, because I'm not good with math and haven't figured out everybody's ages yet, so like... Oh, it did to I, me too, but they do state the ages. Just didn't quite work, but whatever. Uh, I think yeah. James is three, and Albus is like one, or maybe one and a half. Two. May maybe two, yeah, because yeah. it's his second winter. No, no, no. I've got no objection with Harry's kids. That maps out. Rod and Hermione's don't work. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I, th mm. I don't think. Or I'm just too tired and can't do math, which I can't That's... anyway. Yeah, because they were having kids, like, all over, too. Hmm. They only have two. Yeah, but they're not this early, are they? No, they're the same age. Rose yeah. and Albus are the same age. Oh, yeah, right. Younger, I think. Hugo is, yeah. I don't actually remember. I'd have to look it up, but... This one was written, uh, well, it was posted on Archive of Our Own January 10th of 2014. It was apparently written for the HP Minifest of 2013 on LiveJournal for the prompt first time one of Harry and Ginny's children sees snow. Uh, so that's where it starts, is there they've come to Hogwarts and snow is falling. They climb out of the Thestral-drawn carriage that has met them at Hogsmeade and... James 
is stamping his feet and kicking delightedly at the snow and running up the <laughs> stairs because this is the first time, uh, or no, it's not his first time. It's Albus's first time that he's seen <laughs> snow because he's reaching out, trying to catch the snowflakes. Yeah, but it's really his first snow. His mm-hmm. first real snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was too small to appreciate it the winter before. So he he is somewhere between one and a half and two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's and James is just impatient. Hurry up! I want to get in there. And he's got shiny red boots on, which I love. Mm-hmm. And so Ginny heads off to take care of James, and Harry says he's just going to walk down by the lakeshore for a bit, and he carries mm-hmm. Albus along. Because Ginny is carrying enough kids. Yes. Yeah. Including one inside at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I am such a bad Harry Potter podcaster. I'm like, did they have three kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they had a girl. What was her name again? <laughs> oh, my God. I think I was tired. Even I knew that. We'll blame it on tired. To quote yeah. Ryan, you are no longer fluent in Harry Potter. I have no never been fluent in Harry Potter, though. <laughs> I get you. I admit it freely. I don't know. I think we're relatively fluent just by virtue of doing this podcast. <laughs> That's though, true. You know, there, there is canon things that we have to go back and check every now and then. Cause I am not so fluent many in things. canon anymore because it's been way longer than 10 years for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Some fandoms, the fan fiction is the way that I know what happens. Like I, I've watched a full season and three scattered episodes, I think, maybe only one, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But I know the major story beats of all the seasons because of Fick. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But I feel ya. Anyhow, they, Ginny offers to take Albus, but Harry says, you know, he can come with me. And she smiles and makes sure Albus's hat is on. And she and James head into the doors of the castle. And I really love the description of Harry. Three years into parenting, carrying a child is as natural to Harry as riding a broom as holding his wand. I can see that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just lump that little lump up on your hip yeah. and go along. Yeah. I like that he can smell just a little bit of smoke from the groundskeeper's hut. And he doesn't, whenever he makes this bittersweet pilgrimage, he doesn't miss the sounds uh, and smells of London. There's nothing as quiet as a winter day in Scotland when the children are gone from Hogwarts. There's nothing <laughs> quite as peaceful as snow on Christmas Eve. I agree. And then he's up to the strong and heartbreaking black and white marble tombs standing there. Yeah. And it's been 11 and a half years since Dumbledore died, and it still hurts. And Albus says, Bud! And he twists around and he's trying to reach the phoenix. Harry's glad that he's nothing like Albus, really, you know, that Albus was, that he's named after. And he says, my bud. Well, I can imagine he's a little too young to be like Albus Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) If he was like Albus Dumbledore at that age, I'd be very scared. That's true. I'd be even more worried if he was anything like Severus Snape. Well, that too. But... (laughs) Severus Snape, I think, was that way because of the circumstances of his upbringing. So was Dumbledore. Well, yeah, but both of them, it took a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Dumbledore was the way he was because he'd been around for a hundred (laughs) years. And he'd done a lot of things in his life. Doesn't really 
work for a two-year-old. No. Not so much. They both need a, a little upgraded vocabulary. Should be like either of them, really. <laughs> I like the part about my bird quite firmly. <laughs> yes, he my does bed. not. He does not accept that it's called a phoenix. It is obviously a bird, <laughs> and it's his bird very specifically. Spe- specifically, yeah. I, I thought it was neat because it's Albus's bird, and he's an Albus, so it, of course it's his bird. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Harry talks to the dead man inside the cold marble. I brought one of my sons today. I've told you about him. He turned two last week. He's named for you. He. Uh, and he says, you know, tomorrow's Christmas. Things are going well. I'm happy. Life is good. Cold back. <laughs> Which is nice for Harry. It's good that he can have life is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and Harry has done another enough. 10 years. Yes, life is good. <laughs> we do not speak of it. Yeah, no, we, we shall not speak of it anymore. Yeah. Harry and has done enough. Life is good. Right. And unlike Dumbledore, Severus's tomb has an inscription. It says, sometimes even to live is an act of courage. And that made me tear up. I have no idea if that's even canon or anything close to canon, but it would. That's like, that's a very good description mm-hmm. or inscription. It's nothing that Snape would ever put there, but Harry might. <laughs> yeah, I think we get a little more from Which Albus. is apparently a quote by Lucius. Oh, Seneca. Mm-hmm. Ah. Exactly. Call back. I mean, it's a wrong book, but call back. But it's uh, it's not his original quote, but it's very apt in that setting mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, it really is. And Albus reaches out when Harry gets closer to the tomb. And he says, it's a lily. And he immediately is like, wee wee. And then he's like, where's mommy? Because he knows there's the lily inside. No, not that one. <laughs> Yeah, and that's so cute. That's totally a baby thing. Decided on her name mm-hmm. and told and told the kids that this is your sister Lily. She'll be coming out soon. Yeah, and having been around small children enough, not going to understand that. But you know, he instantly gets like, "Oh, Lily, that's my that's well, no, money." I, I get that. Part, Lily is with money. That, you know, <laughs> baby is coming. I don't think is quite. Well, well no, it's my nephew was not born. He was born uh, shortly after Christmas, and we took Christmas presents down for the unborn baby. And, and then the, his two older brothers, who were like five and seven at the time, something like that, were like, how is he going to get the presents? And we're like, I don't know. What do you think? And they're like, the littlest one's like, I think mommy should eat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as you get him only edible presents, sure. <laughs> that might work. Good idea. I mean, just give the baby yes. calories for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Get get edibles for mom. She can eat them for the baby. For the baby. Yes. Yep. We're in Oregon. Edibles has a totally different connotation here. Oh, oh yes, yes, it does. I did not mean that. <laughs> well, yes, well, you know, things that are edible. Yes. yes, it goes back to the edible underwear discussion. Oh, good lord. Oh no. <laughs> we don't want to go there. Yes. I like that Madame Pomfrey is anti poppy. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Harry spent an awful lot of time with her. <laughs> yeah, she did. She could be an honorary aunt. Yeah. Does he have a nameplate on the bed still? <laughs> Probably. 
I forget which fic that was, but I'm, I'm probably more <laughs> than one. Really There's been probably more than like, one. Yeah. This is Harry's bed. He's here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it just stays that way, and nobody's allowed to use it. Well, you never know when Harry's going to be back. So that's true. Yeah. It but says every year it's down in the sun. Mm-hmm. In the in the sun. Sorry, he sits down in the snow. Right. Yeah. Brain. And I really like that, that he just plops down. No magic, no cushioning, no, no, no nothing. He's just like, plump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. says every year that passes, he understands Severus Snape just a tiny bit more. Mm-hmm. And then he talks to Severus like he talked to Dumbledore. Yeah. He and wants Albus to know who these people are before he comes to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And he lets Snape know that they're having a girl and naming her Lily. Then he stands up slowly. Puts his hand against the stone. Mm -hmm. Picks up Albus. And then he pulls Albus's mitts off to shake out the snow. Because he's, of course, been playing around in the snow. And while Albus's hand is free, he puts it out and melts a little handprint over top of the lily. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had to read this like five times in a row because the first time I read it, I thought he was actually doing some kind of child magic and making a handprint to stay there. And then uh, it was just the simple act of putting a warm hand in the snow and melting a handprint, which is just as cute. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then it'll freeze back pretty soon, so it'll probably stay for a while. Mm. Yeah. And then the the last three paragraphs are just really well written. It is a complicated web of love, but Harry's memory is long, his roots deep, and he fervently hopes that the circle is broken with this tiny, green-eyed child who stands on the shoulders of giants. This legacy he has given Severus Snape and Albus Dumbledore. That Albus Severus Potter grows to become not Dumbledore's man, but his own. Yeah. The end. The end. And again, sad... But at the same time, heartwarming stories. Mm-hmm. Bittersweet, baby. Now I've totally got the Christmas mirrors stuck in my head. Oh, the what? The rock song about how Harry finds the mirror of Erised, and he's, I think, I I, I don't know that one. I'm not into Christmas. Oh, no, I not into Wizard Rock. I haven't listened to it in a long time. But talking Which about one is it? the hold on, let me go look. The Christmas mirror, something like that. I don't think I have that one. The Christmas Mirror yeah. in on the Jingle Spells 2 album by the oh, Butterbeer Experience. Mm-hmm. By the Butterbeer Experience. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, it's one of, it's one <clears> of, of Lena's. Lena's. It's yeah. one of Lena's. Yeah. I always liked her stuff.
I love to be able to say, oh, yeah, it's one of Venus. <laughs> it was cool that we met her that one time. Although I don't, I don't think I ever said, like, two words to her. but yeah. No, but I was forward about the whole thing. <laughs> You're Lena. We've been talking on Twitter. So it's yeah, so the, funny, the best part about that was that she was with this guy that I knew from all the Wizard Rock. He was her boyfriend at the time. Ooh. That's why she was in town. And so he kind of knew me, too. We hadn't talked very much, but we recognized each other from... And I've seen him a bunch since then. We end up at, and Scott met him actually mm-hmm. at LeakyCon. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yes, that he is. I met uh, a fan fiction, a Harry Potter fan fiction author by chance while I was writing my master's thesis because she was writing hers too in the same school, and we met for like a thesis writing party. And after we were done discussing thesis stuff. Turns out she's like a major Harry Potter author. And yeah, uh, I stayed there for like three hours making her describe her fix to me nice. in detail. That's fun. Instant friendship. I don't live in nearby her, but we still have contact online. And I know That's she's cool. still writing her big, big fic that was still in the planning phase five years ago. Yeah. It's neat so, to be able to. I love authors. Yes, me too. Yeah, it's I always, I love knowing that I know Melinda and David, mm-hmm. you know, different authors like that. And it's just like, That's yeah. one of the reasons I was really sad I wasn't here uh, a few weeks back when, when Melinda was here. I was just like, I want to meet Melinda. Oh, it was awesome. Aww. Yeah, Melinda's cool. <laughs> well, I can reach out to her too. Let's see. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Good evening. I don't hear her. Oh, there you are. Oh, dear. Yay. Yay. Long time no talk to guys. Mm-hmm. Hi. It's been a while. It's been a really it's long been time. A, been a long yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. We just did a fic that you would have liked. It was all about It was all about what? Soup. Knitting. Uh, knitting. knitting. <laughs> yes. The unworn jumpers of Molly Weasley. Ah, uh, poor Molly and her knitting needles. Yes. It's yeah. so cute, though. <laughs> it was sad. It's so sad, but it's, it's so bittersweet. Nice. Why am I not logged in? I don't know. I don't either. Who's not logged in? <laughs> I'm trying to edit a page on Puffo. We um, realized that the Contact Us page is a generation back or so. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Well, it's yeah. got Sue and I and Kelly on it and <laughs> Trisha. <laughs> And then has peons, Kayla and Kat, and My. past hosts. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, that's only like four years old. <laughs> or more. Sue's not even logged into the forum. I haven't logged into the forum. And... Go away, bug. Do it, I'm Kelly. Join us. People on the forum. We miss all the people. <laughs> I'm so alone. But I go back and I look at some of these authors and it's like there's melinda leo and there's sherilyn and there's <laughs> i know these Who's people melinda leo? <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, i see I I've heard that name before. yeah <laughs> my fifth yeah. in four years and i need to go post well and i've done that. that for stargate fan fiction as well where i've gone back and and i found this stargate novel like archive site and i'm going through and going oh my gosh i remember all these people from you know like 15 years ago and i remember reading them and uh they're still there 
So I thought that was kind of fun. What's really fun is to go back on the way machine and look yourself up. Hmm, let's yeah. see. I wrote this fanfic back in 1997, and it's right. still out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my god, <laughs> did I <Yeah>. write that? <laughs> Why did I? Write my fanfiction.net page still exists, but it only has like three things on it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think I have a fanfiction.net page. I was, I, I never. I don't think I ever created one. I was just a reader. I was never an author. So yeah, I never needed to log in for that. I just mm-hmm. made myself a profile for Ao3 and stayed there. I, I, I didn't just, know Ao3. Ao3 didn't exist when I started writing fic. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, I'm not a writer. I'm a reader. Yeah. I, I didn't get onto Ao3 until January of this year, and um, uh. and I use. Uh, caliber to scrape all my fanfic mm-hmm. and sue knows about that we've talked about that before mm-hmm. and, i don't uh, have an account for ao3 but i read lots of stuff there so. oh i basically live on ao3 <laughs> i actually have a uh an unfinished fic posted on ao3 <laughs> it's for an yeah. old fandom so <laughs> but i'm sure. there wait 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 Go ahead. i know sue oh good say merry oh, christmas <laughs> Holly, sorry. We're going to say Merry Christmas first, or Happy Christmas, or Happy Hanukkah, Mm or Happy Happy Hanukkah's over by now, so unfortunately, but yes, Happy Holidays, Mm -hmm. Happy Holidays. Have have a wonderful winter or summer if you're in the other (laughs) hemisphere. Oh, that's right. Good local time zone. (laughs) Happy solstice. (laughs) (laughs) Good afternoon, good evening, or good night, everybody. I wait. I invited Ryan to come on and say hi, but Ella has pink eye and he wasn't able to do it. So he asked me to pass on his holiday wishes as well. How does pink eye stop him from talking? The kids. They're trying to get Ella to bed and Ella's not going to bed. (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay. Now you can kick Craig out. (laughs) Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Craig, Craig, go away. We're talking smut. (laughs) (laughs) okay that's an intro now so hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our keep each other safe keep faith good night